Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The 10th time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it a Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on tonight's show we'll be walking through the win over West Ham last weekend, answering some questions from Twitter and the GPG and also looking ahead to Spurs this weekend. Before we get into things, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, as always, please leave a rating on our Spotify channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter. Uh, only two of us this week, so we're recording the episode online. Clayton, everything all right, mate? All good, all good. Great stuff. Let's just get straight into the West Ham game. Kind of a dead rubber game. We kind of touched on it on the last episode. Um, I said on the last episode that I thought we'd win comfortably. You texted me after the game to say that it was an easy win. Um, mm. I think when you see that lineup from Moyes, you kind of knew their intentions. They're definitely just resting players for that big semi-final they got on Thursday. Yeah, uh, I think I said after the game, probably the easiest, maybe the one of the easiest wins we've had in the Premier League in mm. two seasons. Um, obviously, they scored and had it disallowed, and it was a bit of a contentious decision. Um, well, depends who you ask, but <laughs> that was kind of the only time they 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 threatened the whole the whole game. Um, we kind of had quite a bit of the ball in periods when they went had possession. They didn't really look too dangerous. Obviously, they they were resting players, but no, it was it was very like yeah, like you say, run the mill. And like to have the second goal be that easy, just to flick on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'd think teams would defend that better. Um, yeah given how much we've scored from set pieces like that. So, yeah, uh, another day at the office, I think, for, for the players. Yeah, I think uh, the stats kind of back that up. 24 shots on goal. I think it was probably our highest XG for the season. I haven't actually checked, to be fair. but um, I think it was like four or yeah, something ridiculous. Close, close to four. Um, I swear the players must listen to the podcast. It seems like every time we come out and slate a player on the previous one, they go and put in a good performance in the next game. Um, obviously, I came out after Liverpool game, said Mbwema needs to work on his final product to take him to the next level. And then he goes and scores a goal the weekend after. Uh, oh, but I think yeah. but I think we both agree that Fabianski should be doing a lot better because it kind of like, it, it kicks straight at him and he gets a hand on it as well and it kind of just rolls under him. 
Yeah, that was consensus uh, from the West Stand as well. It was a pretty <laughs> shocking finish. It's just, I think, almost because he had so much time and so much of the goals to shoot at. I almost feel like Fabianski might have, like, you know, when a keeper kind of just gives up, like he's going to put it past me, and then he's yeah. kind of literally put it right underneath them, uh, and the somehow I've gone in. But like, if if Brian missed that, it wouldn't even surprise you with it. No, um, but and, and like you've watched the rest of the game, he was still fairly frustrating. Uh, yeah. yeah, just quite wasteful with the ball. He was good, don't get me wrong. It's just like that's the frustrating thing. Um, it's like he could be so much better if he was more consistent uh, finishing and, and the slight bit more, of, bit of a right foot. The thing is, on his right foot, sometimes you put a cross in or go out for a throw, and then the next time you put it like on t- on a sixpence on Tony's head. So mm-hmm. it's just like. Just ten percent more consistency. You'd have so much yeah. more output. I think we, I think we kind of touched on it. Well, Callum said that he wouldn't have Ben Rama back in a heartbeat, but you can even see it for for Ben Rama's cross for their disallowed goal. That's the kind of thing that Mbemo needs to be doing with his final product. So many times where he's wasteful in the when he gets into those good positions on the touchline, or even to, towards the opposition's goal line, and he just goes straight into the hands of the keeper. Whereas that that cross that Ben Rama put in towards the end for the disallowed goal is exactly where you want the ball to be for a striker to attack it. Um, another goal from a long throw. Now, set pieces almost feel like a cheat code at this point, <laughs> especially those long mm. throws. Teams just don't really know how to deal with it, do they? No, it's, yeah, I just, like when we played Liverpool, like Klopp spoke about afterwards about how dangerous we are from it. Mm-hmm. And they clearly, they clearly worked on it all week because uh, he was really happy with, with how they defended it. And well, clearly West Ham have got other priorities so that they hadn't spent too much time watching there. Some uh, Matty Jensen long throw-ins because that was as easy as it comes for just an easy flick on, uh, and then for Wheater to win a header in the six-yard box, uh, it's pretty poor defending. But no, it's so great to have those goals make such a difference in the league. I'm sure if you took like all those goals out, we'd be probably down near the bottom, <coughs> near the bottom. half of the table. Exactly. We scored like thirty odd goals. I don't know. I don't know if it's this season or if that's a Premier League all-time. But I'm pretty. I'm. We've scored. We, we're one of those. We're up there with City and Liverpool in terms of goals. Goals from set pieces. And I, I really don't understand. Like, there's kind of a stigma around long throws. But like, Forest have started to do it. They scored another goal from a long throw in uh, against Chelsea on the weekend. We've started to do it this season. It's, it's just like having another free kick or a corner in a dangerous position. I, just, I don't know why more teams don't utilize it if they've got someone in the team with a long throw. Yeah, maybe it's something to do with uh, Pulis and Pulis ball. If it's <laughs> Roy did that launching in, it was so you know. Hmm. Uh, hardcore and uh, frowned upon at the time. No, no one touched up a basketball until uh, Mr. Frank came back and well, <laughs> didn't come back to the Premier League, entered the Premier League and showed everyone else done. Quaver. Surely, surely a move from Quaver from a set pieces maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, but we've had quite a few different set piece um, coaches over the last kind of four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I believe one, the, the guy that we hired um when we kind of brought in a lot of new coaches, I think when we brought uh, Giles and uh, Angson in was is now at City. Mm, um, yeah, so yeah. it's it's quite well well respected and um, definitely a part of our game that we made the most of. I kind of watched the Whitter goal and I'm wondering like how much of that because if you kind of watch his run, you can see that he checks it and then runs back knowing that Ben Mee is going to get the flick on. I wonder how much like they work on those finer details in training or if it's just a case of get the ball into one of the big men at the front stick and hope that someone's on the end of it. But it looked mm. like it looked like his movement was kind of planned, so I'd be interested to know. 
Um, how would you assess the performance of the front three? We've already spoke a little bit about Mbwemo. Um, match of the day said, well, I think it was Shea Given said that Whistle was a well, Whistle looked like our most dangerous player on match of the day. But you can't really take what match of the day what match of the day pundits say is scripture. Especially on a sun, especially match today too. Uh, the quality goes down, doesn't it? Uh, no, no, they were all good, all very good. We didn't like look too much like we missed Tony uh, for the most of the game. Um, probably a lot of downs to the, the opposition being quite lacklustre, but no, we played some nice football at times. Um, that extra bit of pace, kind of on the break, those three going forward looked looked nicer. I thought, yeah, I thought we was pretty good. Still think he struggles to start a game and finish the game. Uh, it only seems to only have about 60 to 70 minutes in the tank, which is quite frustrating. I think that's why he's such a good impact sub. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other shoulder. Yeah, bright as ever. Just needs a goal. Literally just yeah. needs just like yeah. a tap in, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, one happened, I think he'll, he'll be flying. Uh, he had some, some good moments in, in the first half uh, where his like, touch maybe let him down. But like mm. the pace is just like so raw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- I'll definitely give him uh, a lot more time before I start critiquing him. Like I yeah, do. Yeah, no, I've seen seen a few Brentford fans on on Twitter saying he's he's a bit overrated compared to what people have been saying about him and how good he actually is. But I think you know one of those players you need to give time. Um, Given that he barely played for Freiburg as well, it's yeah. just impressive how uh, maybe not comfortable the word is, but he doesn't mm-hmm. look like out of place just kind of starting the Premier League all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Freiburg, should we should we touch on the new goalkeeper that we've been linked with, Mark? Is it Mark Flecken? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, when you sign a new player, the the highlight compilations come through. <laughs> uh, there's been a few that have come through. Uh, a lot of people saying we wouldn't go for like an unproven 29 year old for 13 million euros or whatever's been reported. And also, it is strange that I think it's only Fabrizio Romano that has said that we're interested and for some reason a lot of people on the GPG think it's completely false. Mm, no, there was a ger- there's a German journalist that apparently yeah. gets most things right that said it as well and then Fabrizio uh, was uh, again today. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, but it looks like quite good business if true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to I've never watched the bloke but he's got <laughs> like the most clean sheets in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freiburg well, they're actually doing really well this season I think they're in a European spot um, Dutch international and if if the 30 million euros is true for the release clause it's a great bit of business yeah I was looking at uh, I think it was B's Tactical might have released something on Twitter just comparing the two keepers and it looked like uh, I think Raya has a higher shot stopping percentage but this new this new guy from, from Freiburg has a better pass completion rate which mm. I thought was quite interesting because I didn't think that you could get a better pass completion rate than David Raya because he's been so unbelievable this season with his feet. But um, yeah, no, definitely looks like the kind of keeper we'd want to bring in if he's, if he's good with his feet. I don't know if he's going to be better than Raya because I'd say Raya's probably best keeper in the league with his feet, bar maybe yeah. Alisson. Yeah, no, agreed. Or Alisson maybe as well. But yeah. Um, did you see the clip though from, from Flecken from the weekend? Was it, uh, was it when he was just like, just like standing in his own goal? Just like yeah, yeah. But I think it's literally <laughs> from the weekend. Just gone. We'll, we'll um we'll retweet it on the uh, on Twitter yeah. for for anyone listening that hasn't seen it. It's uh, quite painful viewing, but <laughs> uh, shows they must you know trust in trust in the metrics and the other I, film because yeah, basically he just stood in the goal while the other team was scoring. Yeah. Uh, the sun was in his eyes or something. Hopefully, we don't get another like Dan Bentley season if he becomes our first <laughs> if he becomes our first choice keeper. 
that would not be good. Well, we've had a bad keeper uh, <laughs> after Dan Bentley. Uh, yeah, I think we tried to delete Fernandez from our memory. Uh, all too <laughs> oh recently. my god! Yeah, I completely forgot about him. Last yeah, exactly, year, exactly. My God, no! That was like the point where everyone, all of our good players, started to get injured at the same time. And he—I'd say he was probably the most pivotal one because we just lost everything that we had from playing out the back with Ray. And he just wasn't—he could... wasn't commanding in his area at all. Like I remember no. the game. I can't remember who we were playing now. Um, we went away and we conceded twice within the first minute, and he was at fault for both goals. Something, something was it Burnley? Know. I think yeah. Was it why? Why was it Burnley though? Oh no! Yeah, obviously, yeah, because they got relegated last year. Yeah, I think it was Burnley. Mm, yeah, I remember um, watching that. Um, but yeah. yeah, but it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Bentley because yeah, he made his Premier League debut on on the weekend for Wolves. Yeah, no, I saw that. Uh, I, I saw I saw some Wolves fans saying we've got like a young, hungry <laughs> Premier League ready keeper. I was just thinking back to that season when it was just literally every game was clanger after clanger after clanger. Yeah, um, if you, if you want some some evening entertainment, search. Uh, Bentley Poppadom hands into uh, <laughs> Twitter search bar, and there's like for about 2019, 2018, there's some some good tweets. Yeah, uh, we need we need to talk about Dam's guard. I wasn't at the game, but from watching it back, I'd say that was probably the best game that he had. The only the only thing that was missing from his performance was a goal. Probably should mm. have had probably should have had one. Could have had two. That there's a chance in the second half when he has like a volley kind of rebounds to him. And I'm thinking he probably should. Oh have yeah, had. he missed the open goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that one in the first half with that was a header. Um, to be fair, I thought he did quite well to, to even get onto it, so I won't be, I won't be saying he should have scored that. But the, the, the second one in the second half, I think he should have scored. But yeah, what would you say about it? Best performance so far? Mm, I think it was better against Fulham. Yeah. Um, but it was good. That it was a game that suited him. Mm-hmm. Um, just like midfield wasn't too physical that he was face up against. Had some like time with the ball, was decent out of possession, like made some good challenges. Like, yeah, looked look promising, looked good. Um, yeah, I was happy with it. Yeah, uh, anything else you want to talk about from the West Ham game? I know, like the last couple of episodes have been a bit short on as of like in terms of the, talking about the games because there's just not really much to talk about. It was just an easy mm. game, a bit dead. Yeah, up. it just felt like we definitely played them very close to the end of last season at home in the sun, and it was like exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were at, well, they were in the Europa League, not the Conference League then, but very similar kind of rotated I think they didn't rotate their team there because they were going for for um, Champions League it might have even been at that point um, or, or well yeah they've Europa been top League. 8 top 8 last two seasons in a row so I think they were like still in the hunt so they still were playing like Rice and, and etc but they were just knackered so it felt it felt the same um, just yeah I think it just shows how far we've come as a club in the last five years just like sweeping aside a team that's yeah. you know in the Europa League uh, we go up a Conference League uh, semi-final what, on Thursday night, and yeah. uh, you know, big, big club, uh, big ground, and we kind of, we, I mean, we've beaten them four times now in the Premier no, League. I was just, I was just going to say, um, it's good that they're staying up because guaranteed six points next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Declan Rice on his way out. Uh, yeah, that's very big true. Others. Yeah, no, I was going to, I was going to ask, what, what would you say about West Ham season if they go on to win the Conference League? Would, would you deem that? Obviously, it would be a massive success to get European silverware, but with how they've been toying with relegation basically all season, with the the signings they've made as well, like Paqueta and the team, some of the others Mm. as well, like they've been, they've made some like pretty intentful signings over the summer, and then to be kind of on the brink of relegation all season. Obviously, they're getting, they they probably will win that Europa League Conference trophy, but I think if you'd have asked anyone at the start of the season, you'd have probably said West Ham are up there with being the favourites to get it anyway. Who's in the other semi-final? Isn't it like? 
Ro- is it Roma? Um, it, I think it might be the no Roma and Europa League. League. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like Roma and Juve. Um, but what would you say about West Ham season? Because I was listening to a podcast. If I if if that was Brentford, uh, in some sort of dreamland, if that was Brentford, and we'd been toying relegation, but we didn't. They they're safe now. They're all but mathematically safe. I was looking at the table earlier. Yeah, and I'm two games away from wearing European silverware. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm not complaining you. one bit. Although, <laughs> yeah, obviously there'd be a lot of bits throughout the season where they've been very frustrated. But you know, if they end up winning it and not going down, then they probably made the right decision to sack Moyes, which is not. I th- he, he looked like he was going to go when we beat them just after. Uh, was it just after Christmas or just after yeah, no, the I year? Mean, January time, like it looked like he was gone. But the form that they were in, the West Ham fans are giving up. I think he got a couple of good results and it kind of saved him. But I still think he's probably going to go in the summer. Do you not think? think I'm not sure. Apparently, they're sniffing about... Well, I think we're going to get onto it later about Spurs looking at Frank and Lee Dykes and etc. Some of the hierarchy. But apparently, West Ham uh, might be doing similar. I'm not too sure about Frank, but some of of the recruitment staff Hmm. um, to try to take away from... The, the power from Moyes and have more as a coach. So, yeah. I mean, if they won the trophy, uh, or even if they just get to the final, which they probably will, mm. that means he's got to two finals in, in two years. Yeah. I mean, it actually would seem a bit silly to second, despite yeah. how uh, poor they've done um, in the league. Although, this is quickly turning into a West Ham podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, just, I just I was listening to a podcast this morning, so I just thought maybe we'd talk about it. But anyway, we'll get on to uh, some questions we got from Twitter. Um, Dan B on Twitter said, Sharda needs to tap in, which he said earlier. Damsvard slowly becoming the player we want him to be. I agree. Uh, minus Norgard and Ayer, do you think that's virtually our team for next season? Well, no. Because no? <laughs> Rhea won't be in the team. <clears throat> yeah, minus. Okay, Rhea will be gone as well. But apart from, uh, that, apart from that. Yeah, I mean, I uh, is going to have to work his socks off to get into the team because, I mean, that mean Pidic partnership is just mm-hmm. quality. So, um, yeah, I think it's quite close. I think Dam's got might be quite interchangeable with um, kind of someone like. Well, it depends. Who, who, it's, yeah, well, it depends who you're taking out because if the all guys coming back in, then you know it's could go out. Is going out out of six as well. And you have got Anyeka, De Silva. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. Why would we say keep saying every week? There's, there's a, we've got so much talent in that midf- midfield, mm-hmm. um, and like someone maybe Baptiste is on his way out. Um, Pains me that, but continue. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But and then you've got like someone like Bidstrup who probably come into the fold as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, who knows? And then, yeah, front three. Um, if we're assuming we've got those Tony for some sort of period, it's probably looking something like that. It was interesting to see that Shadow was playing out wide with Weiser up front. Yeah. Um, it was quite interchangeable, though. Um, I quite like that, though. I, I, I quite like the idea of, you know, if Tony's band does come along, we've got kind of an interchangeable front three. Obviously, Mbomo is more yeah. an out and out winger, but Wisser and Shadow. Yeah. I can see both of them in both positions, which is nice. We've got um, KLP coming back. Exactly, hopefully yeah. for pre-season as well. Um, give him another shot, hopefully. Uh, and then, oh, I, I would be very surprised if we don't sign at least a striker and maybe another winger, um, mm-hmm. if given Tony's out. So, yeah, I think, it's, look, I think to answer the question, yeah, it's looking pretty close to it. It's, it's a very good team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say probably another another forward player. I think, like you said, we're pretty full in terms of those mid- midfield positions. Got so many players that can come in and do a job. 
Uh, it's a weird one for Aya because obviously one of our biggest signings ever in terms of finances. Um, play for Celtic, he's got loads of game time, but for some reason at Brentford it's just not quite worked out because of the injuries. Mm. But you know, it's not like it's not like when he's played he's been bad because you know when he has had a sustained period in the team, I do think he offers a lot, um, yeah. especially with his pace at centre half. Like there's something Ben Mee just can't match. But he's actually quite quite decent at at right back. Um, mm. Whether it's in a four or he actually played a bit in the five um, last season, um, and like because he's, he's good going forward, he used to play in midfield. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, to have him as a luxury player almost at the moment is like ridiculous. But yeah. no, I think yeah, this season's just he's been played with injuries. So then when he's been in and out of the team, he's, he has been a bit. Uh, below par just because he's get, getting his match fitness back. I mean, we've been, <laughs> he's been playing for the B team recently, hasn't he? So, um, no, I'm sure for full pre season, hopefully he can stay injury free. Um, and then we can have maybe a bit more of a balanced centre back partnership with a right and left foot, but not that it really matters. It doesn't really look out of place with, with Pinnock and me. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got James Court, I hope I'm saying that right, on Twitter saying, Do we play more free flowing, relaxed attacking football without Tony? Mm, what do you think? I would say the front three work better. I would say actually when Tony's not playing, I would say Mbomo actually probably plays a bit better. Um, but this is the thing that it comes it comes onto another point that someone else has made that we'll get onto. But I feel like when you play the big six with Tony, it's just a different dimension to our game. Yeah, you Whereas took against, words out of my mouth. Yeah, against the teams like West Ham, the teams below are struggling um, with Wisser and Mbomo and Shard. They've just got more freedom to run around, and there's. There's more space in the midfield areas, more space for them to run into. But what do you think? Do you think we play better? Th- well, I think that's two questions. Do you think we're Do you think we're better without Tony? No, we're not better. We, no. we probably play better on the eye in terms of kind of build up play because you can't just go direct mm-hmm. off off Weiser or I mean you probably could go direct off Shardo. It's not really his game, but it's like his he's tall and his his um his leap is absolutely massive. Uh, he really gets up for like headers. Who Sharder? Um, Sharder. So, yeah, he does. Tony's, yeah, no, Tony's a given. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So yeah, but I think like I don't just I don't think we will be able to play, replace Tony. Um, yeah, we cannot replace him. <laughs> we cannot replace him. Although <laughs> Pet Pet said that, and look who he's got up front now. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's someone we don't know about that that can do a job. But I mean, for him to score twenty goals and kind of. The way he put on the show, even in the loss against Liverpool, people kind of mm-hmm. uh, in awe, in awe of his display. Uh, all, I mean, kind of lost shirters on Twitter from big six clubs that kind of clamouring over their team signing him. I keep seeing day to day, and I think if there wasn't that ban, he'd kind of be nailed on for well, ban looming. Sorry, um, he'd kind of be nailed on for a yeah eighty million pound move in in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of leads into the next question. James Dirty on the GBC says, do we need a Tony replacement after a Spanish? Should we trust Wisher and Shard to start? But it kind of leans into what you are just saying there, like finding a Tony replacement, although I have a lot of faith in the Brentford recruitment system, it's not bloody easy to find a 20-goal-a-season striker. Like You think of strikers that have scored 20 goals a season, they've come into the Premier League without a big name on their shirts. Can't think of many. Man, most 20-goal 20, 20 strikers in the Premier League will then end up playing for a big six club because exactly. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen yeah. that often. Mm-hmm. Like that is like that is quality. Um, 
I mean, you can speak about how many are penalties, but if he's that good at taking penalties, then why not have him in the team just to take your penalties? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, we all watched him. He, he basically got everything to his game apart from a, a, a massive turn of pace. <clears throat> but yeah. bar that, there's nothing he's really missing. So, yeah. um, no, I definitely would... Uh, if, if he's out for a sizable length, just get someone else in. Um, I don't think so the harm in it. Yeah. Um, I just... I, Thing is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just want to throw someone in for the sake of it, but like because we don't, out of we just said that kind of Wisser and Sharda are interchangeable. We don't have an out and out nine, whereas Tony is that out and out nine. It might be interesting to see if we can get someone in, but it wouldn't be a Tony replacement. It would just be for the purpose of having a nine in the team. Someone yeah. that maybe, someone that maybe we can go along to when we play the big six, or someone who's yeah, yeah, it's some, that someone that has some stature and and yeah. you could, it gives us another way of playing when you're playing, yeah, a, a, a team that's. That's going to have most of the ball. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think RAF Battery's main loss without Tony is a lack of long ball when we're under the pressure, chance to get the ball up and hold, and then hold is minimal without Tony. But I think, like you said, like shot, although his hold up play won't be as good as Tony's. It's like you said when he sometimes when he jumps, you think he's a bloody basketball player with how high he gets in the in in the air. I remember against uh, Forest at home, some of the balls that Raya was hoofing up there, he'd win he'd win a lot of the headers. Um, obviously, it's different. He's not going to bring him down and chest him down like Tony does. Um, yeah. yeah, that kind of that kind of ties into what we're saying. Um, Chef B on the GPG says thinks there's more to Ivan's game than just scoring goals, clearing the ball up from defence, drawing fouls. The complete player, hard to replace. He is. He yeah, is just basically what I just said, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then final one is from Mister Cynical on the GPG. Problem with Tony is how he adapts playing the big six. I mean, this is all just tying into what we've just said. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the same. Yeah, <laughs> we're on the same page here, aren't we? GPG yeah, Twitter. Remarks, concluding remarks about this whole kind of Tony situation, with or without um, just him as a player, is he easy to replace? What would you say? No. No. Yeah. Pretty much impossible. It's like Raya. It's like, well, do you know what? It's, it goes back to something I spoke about earlier in the season on the pod. We're in uncharted territory here in terms of recruitment, um, because. Well, we're only in our second season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a different calibre of player. You're looking at different budgets. Thank God we're now in the Premier League so that it's easier for us to sign players in Europe. Because um, I don't know if we spoke about this, but I've read an article, I think it might have been an athletic, about how basically if with the Brexit kind of work permit rules, if we were um, kind of in our second or third season of the championship when we started signing players like Morpai and Buemo, we couldn't have done it hmm. under the current rules. So we we really would have been struggling. You would have been more confined to the to the Football League and kind of the UK, uh, which makes it so much tougher if you think of the kind of players that we've had come through. Yeah. Um, especially from like France and and uh, and Denmark and such. But yeah, no, I, I think, um, yeah, we're in uncharted territory. Players like Raya... Antonio obviously have actually come through the football league, but it's like how, like how how well does our recruitment do when we we're at this level? Can we play? Mm-hmm. Like the test will be: can we bring in players that can make an immediate impact? Because we've we've I mean, brought Kino in squad players now. Kino's spot would be the obvious example, but he's been injured. Well, he's not made an impact, has he? Yeah, so exactly. we don't really know. We don't really know how what his ceiling is. If he can do it in the Premier, if he can't. Um. And like when you're looking at the spine of our team, like Tony Ray are probably like the two most important players you could argue. And to, well, I mean, with this is all hypothetical, but if we presume we were losing both, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's going to be a real test to see if we can 
push on from what is what our greatest season ever, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna guarantee top ten finish, which is just <clears> nuts. Um, I mean, even if we didn't push on and we stayed around the same, it'd still be a success for the club. Exactly. Um, going forward, but yeah, I don't know because like in the championship we had kind of rebuild seasons, um, so maybe that will happen. Like if we play, if we get like a lot of players are going to be in people's radars if if we're playing so well. So yeah, like it will be interesting to see kind of summer in January in the next couple of years how, how the transfer strategy does go. Yeah, I'll tell you what interested what was interesting to see was that obviously people have started already doing predictions for the next season's Premier League table. You cannot read it into any of these, but it's it's very interesting to see how many people have Brentford going down. Some bot what a lot of people have Brentford going down in there because I just I was just kind of scrolling through the replies. When will they learn? Zone. Well, the thing is, I think well they're coming off the assumption that we're going to lose our two best players in David Rayer and Ivan Tony, um, and you know I think that a lot of people who don't watch Brentford a lot will think that without Tony we're not a we're not a team. And I think that mm. might have been true at the start of the season, but uh, in the games that we've been missing, Tony, we've actually done quite well. I think someone yeah. got the GPG that we've got an expected points of like 2.5 without Tony when he's not been playing. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see how many people have pipped us to go down next season. But like I said, you can't really read too much into those kind of things. Yeah, it comes back to that kind of uncharted territory, doesn't it? It's a possibility because we just don't know how the team and the kind of transfers subsequently will react if that does happen. But at the same time, we've got our faith in Frank and the recruitment team. I really couldn't see that, but you know, it's football, anything could happen. Exactly. Cool. Well, that's the question's done. We'll, we'll look ahead to Spurs then. Just a word on Spurs, first of all. Um, <laughs> it's just, I can't help but laugh. I feel so sorry for the fans. Like, seem destined for the top four all season. Um, now looking like they're probably, well, they might not get European football whatsoever. Uh, the whole Conte thing, then appointing his assistant manager, Stellini, 6 0 from Newcastle. Now, Poch, one of their best managers in recent times, is going to go to their rivals. Just like to be a Tottenham fan at the moment, it would just be absolutely horrible. (laughs) Yeah, well, it make it worse. So, Kane can leave in the summer, maybe. Who knows? I know. I know. The thing is, Poch could win silverware with Chelsea and he never could with Spurs. That would like just absolutely kill me as a fan. (laughs) Yeah, especially if they got got all the way to the Champions League uh, final. Um, Mm -hmm. And probably one of the worst Champions League finals I've ever watched someone managed to lose without really doing too much wrong but too much well at the same time yeah bar handball so yeah <laughs> Tottenham well, don't envy people that support that club and I don't think I'll envy them come Saturday afternoon because I think we're going to beat them <laughs> okay we'll get, we'll get on to the game uh, in a sec couple of reports well just one report that I've actually seen on Twitter was TalkSport reported a couple of days ago that um Apparently, Daniel Levy is a big admirer of Frank and is looking to take him away from the club. Honestly, I don't think um, there's any weight behind them because I haven't seen any English... I haven't seen Jay report anything on it. I haven't seen anything uh, from Bitsy Romano, although you can't really take what... You have to take what he says and finish shot as well. But um, what do you think about that? Interest from Tottenham? I was saying to someone last night, it feels like quite lazy almost. Obviously, we've done a good job. It's like, if you look at what Chelsea did, they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, well... Uh, look at Brighton very similar situation it's like mm-hmm. we're in a bit of a mess although yeah. actually it's not that similar of a situation because Tuchel was like they weren't playing amazing but Tuchel was like a very good pair to group manager and he was in the job but anyway there's a lot of similarities um, yeah it's like well look it's a good club in Brentford they've got a good coach who's very flexible adaptive works in a hierarchical structure where he doesn't have control of everything 
Um, and then we'll just pick off a few guys above them as well. Uh, apparently, that's what they're looking at as an option. They're also looking at uh, some, I think, the Roma director of football it was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We, we spoke about it before, haven't we, Mike? Uh, Tottenham was kind of a thing we, we have spoke about. Yeah. Um, I, think, I hope, hope I not. I think it's weird because it's like, you see what how badly it went for Graham Potter at Chelsea. Uh, I think if they appointed a manager like Frank and it started to go wrong quite quickly, he wouldn't get the time. Cause no, the thing is, just because of the pedigree. Exactly. With these top six clubs, and I don't want to make this around about top six clubs, but there's such a superiority complex around we belong here, we, we belong in the Champions League. You don't fucking belong anywhere unless you win the games to, to get there. Yeah, especially and with I, like clubs like Brighton, Villa, yeah, uh, Newcastle, especially shaking that up and just saying, you know what, actually we're going to come in. And obviously they've got big managers, namely kind of Emery. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, but like someone like Deserby, like no one... Like really, I'd never heard of him if I'm mm-hmm. completely honest. Before he went to Brighton, and like, look, like they could still have to be getting the Champions League. So I know, yeah, exactly. The thing is, I think uh, if they went for him, I think it could get toxic very quickly. I think what Spurs mm-hmm. need right now is a big name to come in. Yes, they need a rebuild, but someone. But they've gone through like... so many big names, haven't they? Yeah, there's, there's only so many players, managers like that. You could, they, well, like, they like haven't Arthur's had a long term. Yeah, but he's turned it down. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, I did see that the other day. Yeah. But like someone of that ilk, like not not like a Mourinho or a Conte or someone with a big no, one thing's already. They've gone for their short term kind of come on, we haven't won a trophy in twenty odd years quickly, just Conte or hmm. uh Mourinho, like come on, just win or something and they fell short and I think now they need to bite the bullet and kind of go for more of a potch. I mean, but they they got a potch from Southampton, so it's kind of kind of be a similar move, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at kind of where Potch has gone on, I mean he's not had the most success at after, well, I mean, he didn't even win anything at Spurs, but obviously did change kind of the culture there and uh, put them in a better position. So, yeah, maybe you could see some similarities. Uh, I mean, they, I mean, they did it with, I mean, Frank's definitely the best manager, but they did it with um, Nuno from Wolves, although he'd already been sacked by Wolves. I think he was just kind of their fifth or sixth choice manager and they ended up going there. Uh, but I think you're completely right about kind of, you basically have like six months, if that, yeah. as Thomas Frank at, at Tottenham to get the results right. Otherwise, the fans are just going to start going, well, who, who earth is this manager? Mm-hmm. You should be managed this tiny club. Why, why is he at Tottenham? <laughs> like, yeah. I think uh, the only thing that worries me is what Natalie Sawyer said on uh, the podcast when she came on. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do go back and watch it, uh, listen to it. But she said that Thomas Frank had a conversation with her along the lines of, you know, I wouldn't leave Brentford. I'm so happy here. But if a top six club came in for me, that'd be different. Anything that is making me not worried about that is the fact that, you know, only TalkSport have reported on this, so I don't even think it's an actual thing. But it does kind of, you know, it raises some hairs because it's, it's like if he said that, Tottenham come at him with a load of money. If he thinks he can take the job, fair enough to him. Like, I'd wish him the best of luck. I wouldn't have any animosity towards him whatsoever. No. But, but you know, I just think it could go very, very wrong. Very yeah, God, that, yeah, if we lose Ray Tony and a couple of others plus Frank, then maybe the people putting <laughs> us in the relegation zone are right. But you know, we'll keep the faith. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you're you're confident we're gonna get, we're gonna get a result there? Yeah, if you look at their form, like they're they're on a complete outward spiral. They don't really have too much to play for now because they can't get Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, they like every time I I watch the highlights of them play, they just don't look like they want to be on the pitch with each other half that team. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, even without, well, I think Frank said Tony might be back. 
Yeah. Um, although we haven't spoken about it yet. Um, but the news just came out. He was a disciplinary board. Yeah, he sat in front of today. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what a couple of days after he was injured, supposedly. So mm-hmm. who knows if he actually has got a knock or uh, if it's related otherwise. So we'll, we'll see if he plays. But I, I think regardless, even without him, uh, we we'd be in good stead to to get a result at yeah. Tottenham. I'd say so. I'd say right, if he's fit, then then play him because of just what we said about his his attributes when he when we play against a team in the top six. You know they're going to have more of the ball. We just sit in a low block, and when when we get it, get it up to Tony, win the flick, and go from yeah. there. But you, I think you're right. We're playing at a good time. Their form at the moment is pretty diabolical. I know they beat. Uh, I think did they beat Palace the other day? But they lost a yeah, bit. Just lost a bit. So. Yeah. Um, lost a Bournemouth at home as well, so it's it's definitely a good time to be playing them. They've lost um, a lot of games against teams mid to, t- to low table at home this season. Um, yeah. But yeah, and yeah, twelve twelve thirty kickoff. Oh, yeah, looking forward nice. to. It. I think it should be a decent day out. Yeah, I was just going to say early kickoff is never never cause for a great atmosphere, but I'm sure we'll do our bit. No. And hopefully, hopefully others follow suit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would yeah, do. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> One thing we haven't touched on is uh, Sauron Godos. I know, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I do really like Sauron Godos. Um, obviously, not the best Brentford player I've ever seen play for the play for the club. Um, I probably should have. I probably should have uh, included him in in the episode when we're going <laughs> <laughs> to do this earlier. But such is the nature, such is the nature of Sauron Godos as a player that I actually forgot about that whole whole thing. But um, yeah, no, seems like a great bloke. Uh, had some. He's almost made a hundred appearances. Well, has he made a hundred appearances, or was it? Yeah, he's got five goals as well. Somehow, I, yeah. I only remember the one against Burnley, which was a yeah. screamer. Oh, uh, the rocket! But we lost that game. Didn't it get goal of the season last last season? Uh, maybe, but we lost that game, didn't we? We lost. Three yeah, that was the game we were talking about earlier with. Oh, with Fernandez. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we were yeah. like three, two or three nil down in about. Um, that was a bloody good goal, though. I remember. The thing is, we've we've got us like as we were saying earlier. When you sign a new player, you get the highlight reels out. Before he signed for us, when he was playing for was it Ustersons before us? I think so. Um, some of the goals he used to score, even for the Iranian national team, some of the goals he used to score from outside of the box. I'd never seen him took a t- take a shot from outside of the box playing for Brentford. But I guess like no, cause he I came in it... as, came in as like a ten, but we never really played him in that position. He was more similar to Macontes, wasn't it? It's yeah. like he had the highlight reel from ten, but we we never ever have played for ten. So it's just mm-hmm. like yeah, a strange one. Um, Frank decided to convert him to a right wing back <laughs> or left wing back to whoever was more tired. Um, no, I think it says a lot when all the like a lot of the current squad are saying like, "Oh, top professional." It's like, well, he wasn't fucking amazing in football then, was it? If you're saying he's professional, you'd be like, "What a baller!" You wouldn't yeah. be getting released. So, but no, some good memories, some some bad memories, but a bit of yeah. a cult hero, Godos. I do, yeah, um, I do enjoy him slapping people on the head when they score. That's been that's always been quite fun to watch. Yeah, he won't be missed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, thank thank you for your service, Samara. Yes. Thanks for the memories. I think that would do for today, for today, mate. Unless, unless there's anything else you want to chat about. No, I'll end it on a on an oh. Iranian note. Sound on an Iranian note. <laughs> the Ealing Road podcast will be back next week following the Spurs match before that season finale against City the weekend after. Remember, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please leave a rating on our Spotify channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitter. And we shall see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.
Social Podcast Network.